It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us today for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to talk about overcoming burnout. And my guest is Meg Bingham. She's a certified stress management coach and founder of the Work-Life Harmony Club. And thank you so much for being with me today. Yes, Maria. Thank you for having me. Talk about just kind of the state of the world and what you are seeing and are tons of people experiencing burnout and why do you think that is? They are for sure. Burnout is at an all-time high. I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but we're definitely feeling it. And I think it is just due to the state of the world. You know, if you turn on the news at all, I actually advise my clients not to turn on the news, at least not first thing when they wake up in the morning or within a couple hours before bed, because with the weight of things that are going on that we don't have control over, it is definitely contributing to feelings of extreme stress. And when it comes to the idea of overcoming burnout, I don't know if it's necessarily something that can be overcome. It's more something that we have to heal from and continually work to prevent. Okay, so can we differentiate somehow between burnout and stress and depression? What is, what are the differences? Yes, great question. So I like to use the definition from the American Psychological Association, and they define burnout as physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion accompanied by decreased motivation, lower performance, and negative attitudes towards oneself and others. It results from performing at a high level until stress and tension, especially from extreme and prolonged physical or mental exertion or an overburdening workload take their toll. So in the view of the world, like the, the scientific community, uh, we're seeing burnout in people that work in high stress jobs. So, you know, doctors and lawyers and those you think of those high profile types of jobs, but really everyone experiences it. And there's not as much data to show how to systemically improve that. Um, and obviously depression has some of those same symptoms, right? And people who are experiencing anxiety and depression definitely experience burnout. You might experience burnout without a depression or uh, anxiety diagnosis as well. And when it comes to stress, stress is any type of change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain. It's just your body's response to anything that requires attention or action. And I actually love stress. I don't think that it's a bad thing. I say that and people look at me like I am crazy. Stress is actually really important and it helps us to get things done. Um, but chronic stress, which is defined as a consistent sense of feeling pressured and overwhelmed over a long period of time, has been declared a national mental health crisis by the American Psychological Association. So when you are experiencing stress and do not allow yourself proper time and tools to recover from it, that's when we experience that chronic stress, that state of high activation that can lead to burnout. When we talk about burnout and stress, are they always connected to work? I don't believe that they are. I definitely think we can be burnt out. I don't know. We talked about the news already and the state of the world. I know if I'm spending too much time worrying about things, 
again, that I don't have control over, I can be burnt out on that. As a business owner, I can burn out on social media and just be totally done with it. You know, I think it depends on your personal view of burnout and how you are being affected by these things. Um, but it's definitely not just related to work, in my opinion. So let's tackle it a little bit. First okay. of all, what would be our first indication that maybe we've stepped over that edge? Uh, not just talking about burnout, but maybe reached a space where maybe it really is unhealthy for us. Yeah, I tell my clients to watch for times when you start to feel a little bit crispy, right? With the with the burning and the fire sort of image. So if you're starting to feel overwhelmed, we all experience feelings of overwhelm. If you're starting to like lose motivation to do things that normally you don't have a problem doing, if it is related to work and you're having a hard time wanting to go to work or show up, I do recommend um, like nothing that I talk about in this interview or with my clients can replace working with a licensed mental health care professional. And because burnout and depression and anxiety have such similar symptoms, I would say if you are struggling with constant feelings of overwhelm to definitely seek help from a licensed professional, but on your own, learning to check in with your body and be really honest about how you're feeling and paying attention to your energy and your emotions is going to be key in helping to prevent going into all out burnout where we're physically exhausted. It affects our immune system. We start getting sick. It starts to affect our relationships. I really think just, you know, yourself, right. And I think as women, especially we sort of put off our own feelings, our own emotions, our own needs in favor of serving others or continuing to show up and do the work that we know we need to do. But you just have to be really honest with your both mental and physical and emotional capacity and pay attention to when things start to feel like too much. Yeah, I can be honest with myself and say, hey, I'm burned out and I can list the reasons why and know that I should do something about it and then not do anything about it. Exactly. So yep. what? So what's the next step after we can acknowledge where we are at and why we are there? What truly is the next step to start to decompress and bring the situation down to a, a more normal, healthy level? I love that question. So I usually recommend to my people to do a brain dump. If you're feeling that way, you sit down, you have some nice background music, whatever you like to listen to, instrumental, like classical, I like lo-fi, whatever it is. You set a timer for 10 minutes and anything that is weighing on your mind, you just get it all down on paper, get everything out. And this is can be really helpful in, first of all, sometimes just getting everything out and looking at it can be helpful, right? Getting it out of your brain. Second of all, you can start to look at your list and identify major stressors. You can identify things that you have control over. You can identify things on your list that you can eliminate, right? Is it actually important that I make a fresh loaf of bread from scratch, or can I just go to the grocery store, like put it in my grocery order and pick that bread up, right? Eliminate things that extra stress you're putting on yourself that's not required. You can also start to look at things that could be delegated, whether that's in your home or at work, things that don't have to be your responsibility that you've taken on because you feel that pressure. So the brain dump is really helpful at helping you to sort of gather your list. And then you can look at your top stressors and see what can be done about those. Is there a way to seek support from someone else? If it's a coworker, if it's a family member, can I seek support on this one stressor? A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I know for me, one of the most difficult things is the things that I do not have control over. Yes. Right? I Most could, definitely. I can sit down and I can handle everything that I have control over. I can say, oh, right, I don't have to buy all those plants that I love so much because I know I'm not going to have time to plant them and they're just going to sit in the backyard and that's going to cause another different set of circumstances for me. But it's much more difficult with others and people that I, I obviously don't have control over other things. How do we yes. deal with those things that seem to just weigh on our minds, make us feel terrible, and we just don't know how to handle them? How do we let go of that? That's a great question. Again, so there are definitely stressors that are out of our control, oftentimes involving other people. We obviously can't control anyone else, but we can we can control how we respond to those things. And I like to use the analogy of building muscle, right? Physically exercising. So when you go to lift weights, we know what happens in our body, right? You get tiny micro tears in the muscle tissue, and then you have to give your body proper nutrition. You have to give it the protein it needs and the time to recover. And then the muscle tissue heals and you build muscle tissue and you get stronger. And resilience to stress is built much in the same way. We have this stuff weighing on us that we can't really do anything about. We're not able to reduce some stressors. And so that's when it becomes really, really important that we create a recovery plan for ourselves so that we can come down from that highly activated state and build resilience to those things. Yeah. So how do we put together that plan? I think there are a lot of people that really need your advice here. How do, how do I put together my recovery plan? So recovery from stress is actually pretty similar to physical recovery. There are the main dimensions of wellness, right? We have physical and mental, emotional, um, social connection is really important. One of the most important things I have my clients look at when they're starting to feel crispy, starting to feel a little bit burnout is their sleep habits. That's really important. I don't know if you've heard the term revenge bedtime procrastination. It's a real thing where we tend to sacrifice our sleep time because we feel like we didn't have enough free time during the day. So that's when we find ourselves scrolling in bed and just avoiding going to sleep in favor of screen time, which no judgment, it happens, but just be aware of your sleep habits. Sleep is a recovery rock star. Everything in your life is exponentially worse when you don't have adequate sleep. So that's the first thing I would look at. Uh, the next one is nutrition and make sure you are fueling your body the way you need to. Now, I'm not a diet person. I never tell people to eat. You have to eat this way. You have to eat these foods. I'm not qualified to do that, nor do I want to do that. But we generally know that whole foods, plant-based foods, you know, fruits and vegetables, whole grains are good for us. And we need to make sure that we are fueling our bodies so that it can recover the way it needs to. Another one is movement. That's very important. Again, I don't prescribe exercise routines, but just move your body in a way that feels good for at least 30 minutes a day. If you can move outside, that's even better because we all know sunlight does, does wonders for our bodies and our minds. So if it's taking a walk in the morning, um, I homeschool my kids. And so sometimes my movement looks like a dance party during our lunchtime. You know, we move our bodies, we get silly and it's fun and it gets our blood flowing and it boosts your mood. So Movement is very important. Social connection is another one that is huge. And this was something we saw during the pandemic where we were so isolated that people were really suffering from a lack of social connection. So um, 
reaching out and connecting with someone who loves you is key in helping to recover from stress. Even venting isn't a bad thing. You know, you go to someone and you feel like you need to complain for a minute. That's okay. That's not a bad thing as long as you don't ruminate and dwell on it. Sometimes venting can be really good for your mental health. And then I also recommend connecting with your higher power, whoever that is. Mine is God, might not be for others, but making a point to daily connect with whatever your higher power is, is going to be really beneficial in helping us to recover from day-to-day stress. Let's talk about rumination for a moment. I know what that yeah. is because I do that. Um, but many other people may not that that going over whatever the stress or the trauma or whatever's bothering you over and over again and trying to solve it. And so that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about rumination, right? Yes. Yes. And I see it when it comes to social connection, which is how I use the word We have friends that we need to vent to, right? But when you vent, you should be seeking just emotional validation, like someone to say, oh my gosh, you're right. That is hard. I'm sorry you're going through that. But if that person you're talking to is throwing it back at you and it's just spinning and turning into this big, dark, ugly thing that feels heavier and heavier, that's when it becomes unhealthy. So the purpose of connecting with someone in that way should be to just get it off your chest or to seek alternative perspectives on whatever it is you're going through. But yeah, again, playing it over and over in your mind so that it just sits and makes you feel more upset and more anxious is not is not the goal. Right. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you think is important to let folks know when they really are feeling burned out? I think the most important thing I would say is to seek help. Don't wait. Don't feel like you have to tough it out. Talk to someone that you love, talk to someone you care about, someone that cares about you. If you need to seek, again, licensed healthcare, then please do it. Just reach out. Don't feel like you have to suffer through it, struggle through it, because you don't. It's been a pleasure talking with you. How do people find out more about you and your business? Thank you. Yes, you can go to worklifeharmonyclub.com. Uh, is the best way to connect to me right now. And then I'm also the host of a podcast called The Burnout Cure for Boss Mamas. Awesome. Meg, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, Maria. And my guest today has been Meg Bingham. She's a certified stress management coach and founder of the Work-Life Harmony Club. Thanks so much for joining me for Let's Get Moving. You can check out all of our social and you can see all the things that we have coming up or that we have talked about, whether it comes to mental health or physical health. And I hope you'll join us again wherever you find your podcasts or check out our Facebook page, Let's Get Moving with Maria. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.